Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Check us out at comicweb.com. The Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of the old movie cliffhanger serials. You can find them on our website or just type Comic Web into iTunes and they should pop up. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. But before we join Superman, here is an important message. Fellas and girls, have you ever seen a squadron of American bombers roaring through the air in formation? Have you seen newsreel pictures of Uncle Sam's destroyers cutting through the seas on patrol in search of enemy subs and surface raiders? I'm sure you have, and I bet you were thrilled. You probably felt terribly proud, too. Well, if you've been buying war-saving stamps regularly, you have a right to be proud. Not only because those planes and those ships represent the fighting spirit of America but because you helped to build them. Yes, sir, every time you bought a war-saving stamp, your money helped by the labor and materials that are used to make planes and ships and equipment to knock out the Nazis and the Japs. So next time you hear some boy or girl on your block say, Oh, shucks, what difference does it make if I buy one stamp or not? What difference can one dime make? You tell them that it does make a difference. It makes a big difference. You tell them, for instance, that five dimes will buy enough fuel oil to take an American destroyer one full mile closer to its objective, or that one dime will buy five forty-five caliber bullets. Tell them that if every boy and girl in the United States bought just one ten-cent war-saving stamp every day, it would add up to enough money to buy a lot of swift pursuit planes with which our Army and Navy forces could blast the Axis out of the air. And while you're at it, you might remind them that this is one way that all you fellows and girls can help to win this war. Now, after all, everybody can't join Uncle Sam's armed forces, but all of us can buy war-saving stamps. So talk it over with Mother and Dad tonight. Tell them you want to help Uncle Sam win this war by buying war-saving stamps regularly, every single day if possible. And I'm sure that they'll be glad to cooperate. And now, the adventures of Superman. Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and Jimmy Olsen are in Arabia having very strange and exciting adventures. In our last episode, Countess Wojcicki, a Polish refugee, the living image of Lois Lane, had been abducted by a band of Arab desperados led by a man known only as the Fez. In the meantime, Lois Lane and Sir Mycroft Bittersweet, a penniless Shakespearean actor, had also vanished under mysterious circumstances. Dropping his disguise of Clark Kent, Superman went into the streets of Mecca in search of a certain fortune teller and forced him to reveal that the man known as the Red Fez would show up shortly to pay him. Returning to the scene later as Clark Kent, accompanied by Jimmy, he was met by a very strange surprise indeed. 
Listen. You say there's something strange about that fortune teller, Jim? Yes. He's got a long, crooked scar in the back of his hand. Well, what of it? There's only one other man with a scar like that. And that man is Sir Mycroft Bittersweet, the Shakespearean actor. Jim, you can't mean that. I certainly do. He's no fortune teller. He's Sir Mycroft himself. But that isn't possible. I had a long talk with that fortune teller less than an hour ago, and he's certainly the same one I... No. Now that you mention it, there is a slight difference. Look, the Countess Wojeska may be Lois's exact double, but if two people have that identical scar in the back of the same hand, well, I'll believe anything. Even that the moon is made of green cheese. Well, if you say Sir Mycroft had that same scar on the back of his hand, then our so-called fortune teller over there must be Sir Mycroft. Unless... Unless what? Well, that scar might be painted on his hand, you know. Oh, golly, Mr. Ken, I'm all confused as it is. Two hours ago, we left Sir Mycroft in that hotel room, trying to bring Lois back to consciousness. Now we find him here disguised as a fortune teller. Now you say it may be the fortune teller disguised as Sir Mycroft. Well, we've got to take into consideration all You know something? I'll bet I'm not Jimmy Olsen. I'll bet I'm... Lois Lane, disguised as Jimmy Olsen. Or maybe I'm the Grand Mufti of Zululand. I know just how you feel, Jim. All this is a bit confusing, but I think we're going to get to the bottom of it pretty quickly. Well, good. Let's grab Sir Mycroft. Uh, 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 no, no need to rush into things. Let's be sure first that he is Sir Mycroft. Come on. What are you going to do? Move closer to him and see if we can recognize his voice. Okay. All right, quiet now. We can hear him from here. Tell your fortune, Effendi. Read your future in the sands. Oh, rummy sort of business, by Jove. No one wants to get his fortune told. Oh, well. Two fortunes for the price of one. Two fortunes for the price of one. Did you hear that? I certainly did. Come on, we're going to have a little talk with Sir Mycroft Bittersweet. Let me do the talking. Okay. Fortunes tell you very interesting fortunes. Will even lie to make it interesting. Tell fortune effendi, special reduced rate. Uh, will you tell my fortune? Uh, pleasure effendi. Tell me what you wish to know. I will stir the sands and read the future for you. Well, it's this way. An hour or so ago, my young friend here and myself left a certain Sir Mycroft Bittersweet alone in our room with a certain girl named Lois Lane. Ah. When we returned to the room, both Sir Mycroft and the girl were gone. Now, what I want to know is, where is the girl? And Sir Mycroft? Oh, I know where Sir Mycroft is. You do, Effendi? Oh, yes, yes. He's probably fleeing for his life, thinking all sorts of horrors are after him. Uh. A Shakespearean actor, you see. All talk, but really no courage at all. I figured him for a coward the moment I saw him, a weak-minded, frightened... Oh, no, stop. What? I say cease, desist. By Jove, Kent, how can you say such things of me? Here I am, risking my very life. Mr. Kent, do you hear what I hear? That sounds like Sir Mycroft. Well, the East is a strange and mysterious land, Jim. To think of this Arab fortune teller sounding like Sir Mycroft. Well, I not only sound like him, I am him. Poor fellow's out of his mind. Yes, the poor man really believes he is Sir Mycroft, it is sweet. Oh, devil take it, I am Sir Mycroft. But you couldn't possibly Oh, be... Kent, old Chutney, for heaven's sakes, it's I, I, I tell you. I, Sir Mycroft, concealed under several layers of theatrical grease paint. Uh, look here, old boy, you see, it comes off on my fingers, you see. Oh, <laughs> golly, it does, Mr. Kent. 
Maybe this man is Sir Mycroft after all. Oh, a wonderful boy, a most deserving boy. But, Jim, if this man is really Sir Mycroft, what's he doing disguised as that Arab fortune teller? Well, I can explain everything by Joe. Go ahead, then. We're listening. Well, after you and the laddie here popped off to investigate room 24, leaving me with the unconscious Miss Lane in room 19... It occurred to me that Miss Lane might not yet be out of danger. What do you mean? Well, consider what had gone before, old boy. Miss Lane had vanished while walking with you in the bazaar. Then later, we'd seen a woman whom we mistook for Miss Lane in the lobby of your hotel. And we discovered that this woman was actually registered as the Countess Wojewska. Uh, baffling, what? Uh, that's putting it mildly. Well, I've never believed in exaggerating matters, you know. <clears throat> well, to continue with this ruddy business, we find Miss Lane in your room, unconscious. After you and the lad left, I directed my brain toward the task of figuring what might have happened. It wasn't long before I had the answer. And what was that, Sir Mycroft? Miss Lane had been captured by a band of desperados who had mistaken her for the Countess Wojewska. Realizing their mistake, they had returned her to the hotel and would now try to get hold of the real Countess. You've hit the nail square on the head, Sir Mycroft. That's exactly what's happened. Uh, you mean the beggars have actually made off with the Countess? Yes. You see, after we left you, we went to room 24, where I intended to have matters out with the man in the red fez. Yes. And instead of finding red fez in room 24, we found another man. Yeah, a guy with a beard and a long cigarette holder. The Count, you see. Oh, yes. Well, we soon discovered that the Countess had been spirited away. Uh, then the Countess is now in the hands of the ruddy beggars who kidnapped Miss Lane, eh, what? I'm afraid so. Speaking of laws, where is she? Oh, I, I took her to the Oxford and Cambridge Hotel, a little place in the east end of town I know quite well. Oh. I just had a hunch something might happen to her if she remained in the other place, you know, so I got a room for her and saw to it she'd be comfortable. She's there now, none the worse for her experience, except for a rather large bump on her head. What I want to know is, what are you doing here disguised as a fortune teller? And where's the fortune teller? Uh, behind that wall over there, all trussed up like a Christmas turkey. You what? mean you... Oh, a trifling matter, really. I bumped him on the head a little, and that was that. But why? Why? Also easily explained. I deduced, you see, that the fortune teller had a hand in the little game that was being played. Ergo, if I were to become the fortune teller, I might learn something of vital importance. Uh, so far, nothing's turned up. Well, something may at any moment. The man in the red fez is supposed to show up here to pay off your Christmas turkey, then. Oh. Now, you go on pretending to be that fortune teller. Jim and I will wait over in that doorway. When Red Fez shows up, let me handle everything. That's right, sir. Come along, Jim. Start fortune-telling, Sir Michael. Right you are. I'll tell your fortune, Effendi. Read future in the sand. Fortune. Hours passed as Kenton, Jimmy, and Sir Mycroft waited for the man in the Red Fez to make his appearance. Gradually, the crowd in the street thinned out, and the cold night wind blew through the alleys and bazaars. Realizing at last that Red Fez did not intend to appear... Kent, Jimmy, and Sir Mycroft decided to make their way back to the hotel where Lois was staying. They had reached a rather lonely street known as the Road of the Carver when suddenly Kent stopped short. Wait a minute. What is it, Mr. Kent? I say, see something, do you? Plenty. Look across the street there. See that man moving along, keeping close to the buildings? Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Say, I didn't notice him before. He's deliberately trying to keep out of sight. Well, if he wants to keep out of sight, let him. Uh, right you are, by Joe. We've got sufficient troubles about own without missing in someone else's. Listen to me, both of you. That man is Count Wojeska. What? Are you sure? Positive. How can you tell, Mr. Kent? 
I, I can hardly see him from here. Well, I, uh, that is, he, he happened to pass close to that street lamp back there. Oh, I say, my dear, what's the ruddy beggar doing out here at this odd hour? What? I don't know, but I intend to find out. I'm going to shadow him. What? That's right. Now, you two go on to the hotel where Lois is and keep her company. I'm going to follow our friend the Count. Can we go with you? It'll be easier and safer if I follow him alone. Yes, right you are. Well, the Oxford and Cambridge is right down this side street. Come along, laddie. Good luck, Ken. Thanks, but I don't really think I'll be needing Oh, a good man, Kent. Plenty of nerve, what? Good man to have with you in a spot. Well, that's hard to say. Mr. Kent is so funny. Sometimes he's brave, and other times he's so scared he faints. I never could make him out. Neither could Miss Lane. Is that so? Interesting. Very. Well, uh, here's the hotel. Come along in, Jamie, my boy. I'm right with you. Yes, I'll get the key to Miss Lane's room at the desk. Uh, <clears throat> I say, you there behind the desk. Wake up. Wake up. Uh, uh. Oh. Yes, well, now that you're awake, you can let me have the key to my room. I say, get out of this hotel. What? Don't you see that sign there? No beggars or street fakers allowed. Get out now. He doesn't recognize you, Sir Mycroft. He's still wearing that fortune teller's outfit in grease paint. What? Who, by Jove, of course. <laughs> Look here, old fruit. This is just a disguise, then, you know. Masquerade and all that. <laughs> Underneath these rags beats the heart of a true British art. Oh, is that so? What's your name? Bittersweet. Sir Mycroft Bittersweet. Oh, yes, of course. I have a message for you from the young lady. Uh, you, uh, what young lady? You don't mean Miss Lane. Oh, golly, don't tell me she's not here. Yes, she left about an hour ago. Asked me to tell you she was going to the old mosque. The old mosque? Well, what the bloody devil has she gone to that abandoned Arab temple for? I'm sure I don't know, sir. Well, we've got to act. Come along, Jamie, me boy. We're going to that old mosque as quickly as our legs will carry us. Why has Lois returned to the old mosque where she was first held prisoner? For further thrills and mystery, be sure to listen tomorrow and every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Tune in and follow the adventures of Superman. By all means, don't forget to tune in to Superman tomorrow for another thrilling and exciting episode. And don't forget to talk to Mother and Dad before you go to bed tonight about making arrangements to buy war-saving stamps regularly. Start the day off right tomorrow. Buy at least one ten-cent war-saving stamp first thing after breakfast. And remember what I told you at the beginning of this program. Every single dime is important because all our dimes put together can go a long way to help pay for the guns and tanks and planes and ships we need to knock out the Nazis and the Jets. And here's an idea. Why don't you get together with your friends tomorrow and make a joint pledge to buy war-saving stamps every time you've got a dime? See which of you can buy the most war-saving stamps every week and every month. Help Uncle Sam smash the axes. Do your share to win this war. Better than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leave tall buildings in a single bound. Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. This is Mutual. <laughs>